Hey, Telskulls, I've got a new podcast I'd like you to try out. I'm hoping there's a Venn diagram of classic prog rock nerds and just general nerdery. There's got to be, right? Give How About This a listen, and I, I hope you like it. This is a, a couple of friends of mine that I went to college with forever ago. Take a listen to the trailer. Take a listen to their episodes. Good stuff. Stay tuned. Talk Tell to Me will be ready for you in just a moment. Thanks. Hey, podcast listeners, this is Mike and Jordan from How About This, a new podcast for all of you professional nerds out there. Do you ever wish you could pitch your version of your favorite franchise to some movie or TV producer? Do you ever find yourself asking, why don't we see video games like that anymore? Well, that's what our show is about. How About This is a fantasy pitch show for our favorite things. Whether it's movies, TV shows, video games, or comics. Books, tabletop games, theme parks, you name it. How About This is taking a deep dive into the hypothetical futures of of the most interesting pieces of entertainment out there. So if you like this kind of thing, be sure to check the podcatcher of your choice every Thursday for brand new episodes. That all starts with a simple suggestion. How about this? Highballers and double downers. Get your bankroll in on the action. Watch out for the card sharp with the twitchy fingers. And remember to tip the croupier out of the window. Because it's time to talk tall to me. You know, I always thought it was card shark. Card shark. It's a pool shark, a card shark. Is it really? Yeah. You're going to press the button. Oh, I can. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what a croupier is? The dude who, who plays craps or who, like, it's controls a, craps, basically. Yeah, it's a dealer. Yeah. Got the long stretchy stick thing. Welcome back, everyone, to our podcast. I am Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. Together, we are a winning bet called Feckless Momes. <laughs> and this is your last penny. Talk told to me. A high stakes, winner takes all night of loaded dice and stacked decks in the gambling den of Prague Rock. Nick and I will get robbed by the one-armed bandit, sell our shoes for more chips, and lose it all to the one-eyed Jack named Ian Anderson. That was it. Shorter intro today. Yeah, I never know. I never know if you have more. Usually, this is the point where I try to jump in, and you're like, oh, but I have three more minutes. No, no. <laughs> thought I'd give you a chance to talk Short, to succinct. I like it. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. We have... Uh, Yet another action-packed show for you today. We do indeed. Yeah, Nick, before we get into our song of the day, do we have anything to take care of before that? We do. Mary and Marley, if you don't mind delivering some nope. paperwork. Some Mary and Marley. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Marley. Thank you so much, Mary. Mary, I'm sorry. What's that, what's that smell? I'm soaking the Christmas pudding. Now? What? Well, I know it's supposed to soak for a long time. It takes a while for the kerosene to get in. Mm. I don't. What do you? I think you're supposed to use rum, aren't you, Nick? What do you use your pudding for? I guess really is ultimately the question. And kerosene keeps away the evil spirits. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a tradition. Nick. I can't argue so that. Old, I mean, that makes sense to me. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's let's step away from the kerosene. And <laughs> step away from that accent. Everyone step away from, from Mary. 
And let's let's talk a couple of reviews, shall oh, we? Oh yeah, let's do that. Sir, sensors have detected another star in the sky. Dear Lord, that's five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five We've got ourselves two quick little reviews, as usual. Loving it. Loving it so much. Mm. We've got Maroon Beard. Thank you, Maroon <laughs> Beard. Love the color of your beard. Love the bushiness. And I love the review. The five-star five review. Five stars for your, for your beard. Five, that is a five-star beard right there. The review is called A Healthy Alternative to All the Murder Podcasts Out There. <laughs> Oh, and it's true. Yeah. Can we address that there are so many grotesque, what is it, true crime podcasts, I believe yeah, they're called. Yeah. There are just too many out there. Too many. Well, there there are as many as there are. That is that is true. If ever there was a fact on this podcast, it is that. And this is an alternative. Also true. Thank you, Maroonbeard. Maroonbeard writes, I'm listening to this podcast in no particular order, and I admit that I am entertained. <laughs> I like to imagine that if I were to make a Tull podcast with my best friend, it would be similar to this. A mix of ridiculousness and intelligent hilarity without pretentiousness. I don't agree with every evaluation, but it's fun to force myself to analyze these songs in ways I've never done before. That's... That pretty much explains this whole run of the podcast, I think it's safe to say. And I just want to applaud Maroonbeard for listening to the shows in no particular order. That is refreshing. They are following their own course. They're 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 navigating with their beard. Let let and your beard guide you. That's right. That's that's a song by Sting. <laughs> that's a- <laughs> let your beard be your compass. It's a tantric song. It goes for like twenty four hours. The climax at the end of it is. That's a great review. Thank you so much. Thank you, Maroon Beard. Keep listening in whatever order suits you. Order be damned, I say. Who cares about chronology? Listen to it in the chaos that suits you. He's he is spitting in the eye of the idea of us going in chronological order, and you know what? I appreciate that. It's indeed. It's well, what else do we have there, Nick? We have a review from Jay Cannell, who wrote to me via Instagram last week. He hopped on to Apple Podcasts Australia, and uh, and left a five star review. It, it is labeled "hugely enjoyable." Great. I've just discovered this great podcast. It's incredibly entertaining, and after listening to about 10 shows so far, I've not yet failed to laugh out loud at least once per episode. Great discussions about all things tall and much more. I've started from the beginning, so hopefully I'll catch up soon. Only 88 episodes behind, but I'm closing fast. That's a light at the end of the tunnel there, JK. I, I appreciate the positivity. I appreciate that you are so into it and positive at only episode 10. I know. We got a five-star review after episode 10. I mean, we've we've made it blatantly clear that we're not terribly... Th- that's not our best work. You know what? Take back those five stars. <laughs> Save them for when you get a little bit later on and we get better. Please. 
Please we do. reject your five stars, sir. <laughs> We're, we'll put those on hold and reinstate them in about two weeks. Yes. <laughs> you might need them for when the dingoes attack. Oh, feed them to the dingoes. Yes, and then yeah. send us the dingoes. Send five dingoes. This, this <laughs> podcast gets five dingoes. So also from JK, I believe, Omen, you have... <clears throat> Your emails, sir. This is an email from Johnny K. Email subject, Tull. Straight into the point. Message, what a wild ride. This week, I've binge listened to your casts on This Was, Stand Up, My Favorite, and Minstrel in the Gallery. Also random other favorite song episodes. Wondering Aloud, Wondering Again, Hair Who Lost His Spectacles. Of course, I had to play each song five to ten times also. So it's been a massive week of Tull. <laughs> That's a Take lot. Take a break, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> you need a rest. <laughs> Lots of laughs and even learned quite a few things, including some details about boiler fluid. Also realized I haven't paid huge attention to some of the lyrics in the past. It's great to revisit these songs and find new things in them. My four kids, in quotation marks, are all fans, ages 17 to 21, and they've been listening along at times too. I suppose I've subjected them to lots of Tull and other music over the years. I'm still way behind, but I'm looking forward to hearing about a few albums that I'm a little less familiar with, e.g. War Child. Mm. I'll gradually catch up while listening to new episodes as they come out. A couple of queries. Episode 1 disappeared from my CODPAST Wow. Episode 1 disappeared from my podcast feeds before I could actually listen to it. Everything else is there. It was definitely there at one stage, but then just vanished. I used Overcast. Not there. Also gone from Spotify. I've since fixed it, for the record. You can now access up to 300 Talk Tall to Me episodes. So We'll have to increase that number at some point in the future. Yeah, but for now, that's what you get. JK goes on to say, I see you've listed Thick as a Brick 2 for review. I've always thought, thought it was technically an Ian Anderson album. My CD says Jethro Tull's Ian Anderson, and I thought that was a little cheeky of him to do. Is that actually an official Tull album? Anyway, huge kudos to you guys for your dedication and for what you've achieved so far. It's a mammoth task, and I'm amazed at your output to date. Cheers, JK, or just John. At that point in the catalog being mm. the most recent thing that Ian has done, regardless of it being tall or solo. Right. It's hard to know what is Jethro Tull because Ian has sent has very vocally claimed that he is Jethro Tull and and that is his prerogative. That's fine. I'm I'm okay with that. It can be argued either way. The reason I included it is because it's technically a sequel to right. one of their biggest albums. So I thought yes. it valuable to look into. And the most important reason that we're including on this podcast is because we want to. Also that. Yeah. 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 So Nick, we actually have another email as well. We do. We very much do. Email subject, recent casts me ear holes heard, which Nick, I have never seen an email title that I've been so tempted to read in a pirate accent. I mean, you could. Email reads from Jason K., Gentlemen, playing catch-up recently. <laughs> you fellas are dipping into one of me favorite bits of the Tull eras. Last one I listened to was Minstrel of the Gallery podcast. 
Getting good again, me brothers. Previous casts have felt lackluster. You brought me back with your obvious joy about Glory Row. Also one of me faves. My tall cherry was popped by the 1988 release of 20 years of Jetton Tull. That box set had three discs with cool titles like Raw Gems Dusted Down, perfect tunes like Mayhem Maybe, and Broadford Bazaar. My first experience with another side of Tull. Thank you, Jason K. And happy sailing to you. Jason, your accent is a lot thicker than I expected. Yes, we will include subtitles with that. <laughs> and we appreciate your opinion sometimes. We, yeah. Not, not every episode is going to be to everyone's liking. but Even ours. Our podcast is like the weather in New England, Nick, and not unlike the discography of Jethro Tull. If you don't like it, just keep listening. Something else will come around. It will change relatively soon. Yeah. yeah. And with that, Nick. Moment. What, indeed, are we talking tall about this week. We are going to talk Crazed Institution, Mm. track number two off of Too Old to Rock and Roll this week. But I think maybe we should just dabble a little more in some Too Old lore here first. What do you think? Let me get my flippers on and I will dabble away. I didn't know you required flippers for for dabbling. Yeah. If I go in any further, I need my my, uh, my Wonder Wings. (laughs) Doctor's orders. Okay, so personnel for this album. Ian Anderson, obviously, lead vocals, acoustic guitar, flute, harmonica, harmonica, additional electric guitar and percussion, Martin Barr, electric guitar, John Evan, piano and keyboards, John Glasscock, backing vocals and bass guitar, Barrymore Barlow, drums and percussion, additional musicians, Dee Palmer on sax, on track five, and piano on track 11. Yeah, we got to listen out for that. Maddie Pryor backing vocals on track eight, who is from Steel Eye Span, I believe. Right, right. She did a solo album called The Woman in the Wings that I believe John, our Anglo correspondent, shared with me. Thank you, John. Very cool. Thank you, John. And Ian, I believe, produced that and played flute on some of it. Huh. We've also got Angela Allen on backing vocals for tracks two and seven, orchestrations and orchestra conduction. Conduction? By Dee Palmer? Orchestra has been conducted by Dee Palmer? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think conduction is the right right word there. Yeah. (laughs) She transferred the electricity. It flows through her to the recording machine. (laughs) There was one single, a single single for this album. It was Too Old to Rock and Roll and Rainbow Blues on the other side. Fascinating. Yeah, what an interesting uh, choice there. So now we are caught up and prepared and ready to go to listen to Crazed Institution, I think. Omen, you ready for this? Oof, um, I am. Let's do it. All Let's right. have a listen. All right, for about four and a half minutes of Crazed Institution. Nick, that was Crazed Institution. That most certainly was Crazed Institution. Thoughts and feelings. I think I've said this before, but I am 
I'm really enjoying Too Old. I've never liked this album before. But so far, I'm really digging it. It's one that I haven't listened to as closely as many of the other albums, and I am similarly enjoying it. And I'm enjoying talking tall about it. I should hope so at this point. <laughs> if 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 we were just slogging the nine to five talking to tall, it's I yeah. mean, you don't work a day in your life if you enjoy what you do, Omen. That's right, that's right. Also, we're not getting paid. Yeah, so yeah, this is not our let's, job. Let's, let's talk about, no one has asked us to do this. They've asked us not to repeatedly. I've, I've stopped opening the mail. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the, about the music of this song. Yeah, fun. I, I've never noticed until really paying attention and having the good headphones, there's a tiny little, like, tiny little opener in there. Yes. Of, of Ian... There's a little sound, a little almost like warmy uppy sound. I'm not quite sure. And then Ian says, "Crazed institution." And then he, and then it jumps right in. It's so quick. It's so quick. It's also overlaid with him saying, three, four. Oh, interesting. Okay, maybe or, that's or, that's or why it's two, three. Yeah. And it, and it's those two pieces of spoken words are hmm. layered right on top of each other. So it gives a really sort of strange effect. Yeah. Basically like an accident of not chopping enough on the front of the, the pieces so they, they, they end up getting overlaid. Right. And of course, because we know that it's Ian, it was if it it was, you know, carefully constructed. Oh, it took him it nine hours like to do it. Yeah. yeah. Just that. The rest of the song took five minutes. <laughs> and then we have this very interesting structure. We have that repeated, I think it's kind of a, a two chord first bit that repeats and that builds up all this wonderful tension until it drops into this new chord for and you can ring a crown of roses round mm. your cranium. The chord change right before that. It releases all the tension that's built up there, which is really delightful. Yeah, the the structure we've seen so far in the last two songs definitely can see a physical buildup on stage as as lights come up and dancing moves the singer and who knows what else across the stage. Like, it's very easy to see. It's easier to see this as a stage musical than it was to see War Child as a film. And you know, Nick, we are going to use the profits from our film release of War Child to produce our stage production of Tool to Rock and Roll. That's right. Once we get the seed money mm. for the film. It's going to be a cycle and we'll just keep producing more and more tall in various different media. That's right. Until we will do the podcast of Thick as a Brick too, And then we'll do the interpretive dance concert of the podcast. <laughs> yes. Us just like flowing back and forth while the podcast is playing. Right, right. I yeah, love it. We're gonna we're gonna have to hire a big big costume budget for that. Onto it. So then, what else do we have here, Nick? We have some fun doubling on the flute and the guitar mm -hmm. when we have that riff that goes. 
That one. <laughs> Let's do it together, Nick. I'll be the flute. Ready? That was good. Yeah, there it is. We've got acoustic in here. We've got electric in here. We've got the flute. You sure do. We've got some great bass, obviously. Props to to old Brittle Dick. Mm-hmm. Mr. Glasscock. Again, it feels like the instrument that falls back the most is Barrymore again, unfortunately. On the drums. I didn't really notice anything drummy in here. He comes in a little later. He he sits back until at least that first chorus. Okay. It's sort of halfway through where he does break down into a pretty cool kind of classic rock beat. Okay. But yeah, in the first section, he's a, he stands back a little bit more and just provides a bit of texture. Yeah. I, I do want to talk about the bass, though. Okay. Because as Mr. Glasscock has shown, he is a trained bass player, unlike mm. our previous mm-hmm. bass player, Jeffrey Hammond Hammond. Yeah. And as such, he can do a lot more. Right, right out of the gate. We, we saw Jeffrey improve over those albums. I think Absolutely. it's I think it's very was, safe to say. And he was great and he was exactly what the band needed at this at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. But what what I'm observing just from this song is that the more complex bass patterns not only fill out the song on that bottom end, they also end up I think allowing John Evan to have to to fill a different role. Oh, I think that John Evan yeah. was kind of providing some of the additional bass with the yep. piano. And now yeah. we hear him being able to go like put it put those flourishes on of like dun 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 That's a good point. That's a really, really good point. The two of them combined, John and, and Jeffrey combined, did kind of fulfill that that rhythm role in tandem with Barrymore, obviously. But the fact that John Glasscock in this role can not only do that, but excel and really stand out in that role allows John Evan to be just completely off on his own and really stand out in his right. Yeah. And just play classical music for the rest of the rest of the time at Maison Rouge. <laughs> just just play the just play classical music. Incessantly. What else do we want to say musically here, Nick? I don't have anything instrumentally. I do I did notice at the very end a lot like for the first time noticing that that kind of intro-y bit. At the very end, there's some reverb added on to Ian's voice as it kind of fades out. Also, a, another fade out, by the way. Yeah, as, funny. <laughs> as, and you know what I was thinking the other day when I was editing the, the Quiz Kid episode? The last time we heard prominent fade out was the last time we were listening to a soundtrack, which was War Child. It's so funny, but it makes so much more sense for a film soundtrack. It does. It does, yeah. But still, that that they would that a soundtrack, film or or stage, regardless, fits such a specific niche. It's so interesting that those two, in that separate category of Tull albums, are the ones that fade out so regularly. You know what it almost makes me think? What's that? That perhaps some incidental music had been composed that was tacked mm. on to you know transition mm. music underscoring. Sure. sure. And that for the musical, it made sense to have. 
Because once you sing your song, you want a bit of underscoring where you're like, and that's when I came to New York. My tap shoes slung over my back. A single dollar in my pocket. I killed a man for a flute, and I was not ashamed of it. <laughs> I killed a man with a flute. And then I did, then I did this dance. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. So so maybe maybe there was extra stuff there that mm-hmm. we have not the privilege of hearing currently, and they just needed to fade out. That's a good point. Either that or they needed time for the actor portraying Ray to get the hell off the stage, and then they needed a scene change. You know, there's no that reason that could couldn't that. flow into that. Yeah. Let's talk lyrics. Yeah, let's get right into it. On the face of it, this, Nick, is not one of the more clear songs for me. This one is a little bit obscure. There's some definite imagery. I don't think it's nearly as opaque as a lot of the stuff that we've seen thus far. No, but it it is more opaque than some of the stuff that we've seen recently. Than Quiz Kid, for sure. Yes. So I am, I have got my magnifying glass. I have got my funny hat. (laughs) And I've got my seven percent mixture of heroin and cocaine. What is it, a deer stalker cap? Is that what it's called? You could stalk a deer in it, sure. You could, I mean, I stalk a deer in the nude, but you can wear whatever you want. <laughs> Listen, once you take that mixture, <laughs> you'll do anything. <laughs> you just go with that. You go with your first yeah. idea, no inhibitions. Just a little touch of makeup. Just a little touch of bull. Just a little touch of makeup. Just a so already we are in the realm of putting on putting on a face, putting on a presentation, a, a performance, a character. Mm-hmm. And that could be applied to lots of different situations. And I think we need to look a little bit further until we can figure out which of those situations it is. And that's where I run into a bit of confusion already with the second line. Okay. Is it just a little three chord trick or is it just a little three card trick? That's a good question. The Google lyrics tell us three chord. Which could make sense. But I also think that three card could make sense in a different way. Yeah. Are these lyrics picked off of the back of the album? I don't know. I might. I wonder if I actually have this album. I could go look at it right now. Do you want to? I'll see if I I can find a, a better resource online. Yeah. Let me go. Let me go and pop it up. Yep. Well, I'm sad to report that is not an album that I own. I did see on another source that it is. It is also three chord. Okay, let's yeah. go with that. Okay. Although I, it would be easier for my interpretation if it was three card. I will forgive Mr. Anderson, and we'll go with chord for not having the the fifty year foresight of making our task easier. Yes. 50-year foreskin, yes, 50-year foresight. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't want to know what that is. <laughs> so, in a perfect world, it's three-card. What do you got? Well, if it's three-card, then we go into the world of the gambler. If it's three-chord, we go into the world of the music performer, which is fine. Let's do that. Well, but it's not unfounded to think of the gambler based on the rest of the content of this album. I mean, this song, rather. Well, right. And if we zoom out, you know, I think that what we have are some mixed imagery, some of which is about being a rock star and some of which is about gambling. And so the question is, is he using some gambling metaphors to describe the state of being a rocker? I mm-hmm. I think that he is. Mm-hmm. I am readjusting my thoughts. 
now that I'm seeing this. I think that's right. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. So we have a three chord trick embedded in your platform sole. You can wear a gold Piaget on your semaphore wrist. You can wear a gold Piaget on your semaphore wrist. Do you know what a Piaget is, Nick? It is. I'm assuming it's a fancy watch. It's a fancy watch. As is a semaphore, right? Is that not a, also like a... Piaget is was a, a jewelry designer. So if you have a Piaget, it's it's like... It's a watch. I, yeah, they make it's, they make it's very a, it's like a Timex, you know, it's or a Rolex. I don't know what the fancy it one is. It's not like a Timex. Not a Timex. Rolex. It's the other one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if semaphore is a watch, but the way I interpreted that was that you know semaphore is a way of communicating over large distances, mm-hmm. and so if you're wearing a Piaget on your semaphore wrist, you are communicating over large distances. Uh, you have a Piaget. Okay, I like it. I like it's the it. Flash. Yeah, and that's followed up. You know. You can ring a crown of roses around your cranium, live and die upon your cross of platinum. And you can ring a crown of roses around your cranium, live and die upon your cross of platinum. That's a fun imagery. Platinum is, of course, a valuable metal, almost mm-hmm. as valuable as gold. And it's shiny. It's it's like a bright, it's like a silvery metal. Yeah. So it's, it's all this flash and performance this is i think in the context of of our story and very easily fitting into perhaps the the context of of ian's story is when fame struck when fame and wealth struck and you are you're seeing the benefits for it and you're seeing the the like the psychological harm that it can do and you're seeing how false people are, and there is this thin track, this path of good, if you can stay on that path and not be tempted, but you see a flash of platinum over here, and you see a bouquet of roses, because why not, over here, and sure, and uh, you know what? I'll treat myself. I'll get a Piaget. I think it's de- definitely describing the culture of being a star. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what the song is about, Join the crazed institution of the stars. Yeah. It is an institution because mm. fame is an institution and star making is is a business. Sure. And yeah. of course it's crazed because everyone in it is freaking nuts. You have to have a certain mentality to be able to want that, to attain that, to, to that. maintain and sustain that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't do it right, people are going to look at you funny. Right, and you won't last in in that institution. Yeah, and I think that's what this whole album is, and you know, probably the plot of the play is the musical is about. Is that, yo? Know, what's the song, Nick? <sighs> you know the one I'm thinking of. I need a little more context than that. You never know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's the it's the the white piano dude from Long Island, Billy Joel. Billy Joel, and he sings about. Dim, 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 that's still rock and roll to me. It's that it's that whole thing of like, should I follow the new styles and wear the new clothes when all I want to do is do this old-fashioned rock and roll? Didn't I put a moratorium on Billy Joel after the last one? You can't stop Billy Joel, Nick. An unstoppable What's force. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you see that they're out of style?
What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too wide? Maybe I should buy some old tab collars. Welcome back to the age of jive. Where have you been hiding out lately, honey? You can't dress trashy till you spend a lot of money. Everybody's talking about the new sound. Funny, but it's still rockin' low to me. So, <laughs> I think that he probably took the idea from Jethro Tull. Of course. All good ideas stem from Jethro Tull, as we've learned. Speaking of which, I also think that the Grateful Dead, who released their first album in 1962, probably stole the idea of the image of roses around a skull from this very song, which was released in 1976. Six. Yes. So I guess we would need to anthropologically look back and see when that image came about? No, I think that the Grateful Dead were just so stoned that they astral projected they saw into, into, into the future. 76, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. And took that lyric. I, f- I feel like that's a safe bet. <laughs> Who knows what they could have been on? They, yeah. not not them. And then we have further confirmation of this kind of rock star narrative. Crawl up inside your major triad. Laugh as your agent scores another front page photograph. And then we go back to the to the gambling metaphor. Is it them mm. or is it you throwing dice inside the loo? waiting for someone else to pull the chain. Is it them or is it you throwing dice inside the loop waiting someone else to pull the chain? What's the major triad? Uh, it's a chord. Let me look it up. No, I mean, it could be. It could be you're hiding behind that facade of the music. It could be that simple, Omen. I didn't even know that that much, but... I don't rule that out. A major triad is, it's basically a standard major chord. It's got the root, a major third, and a perfect fifth. Okay, yeah, then then that works perfectly. I'm very, I'm very happy with that assessment. Yeah. I am so thrilled. I know. I'll, your, your existence is for my happiness. It is indeed. Yeah. And this question of rolling dice inside the loo, the loo, of course, is the bathroom, mm-hmm. the toilet, and... You know, the combination of the image of, t- of throwing dice and waiting for someone else to pull the chain, the chain is what flushes the toilet. Right. The old school, like, gravity toilet. Yeah. In Exactly. So yeah. is it that in every moment you could either make it big or watch your career go down the drain? Yeah. You're, the whole prospect of being a star is a gamble. Yes. And it's a gamble every day. Yeah. It's not just you make it big. It's you make it big and then you have to put in your ships again the next day it's even more risky in the terms of of being a quiz kid because you're at the whim of your intelligence you're at the whim of being able to answer these questions whereas ian can take the time and craft an album and and maybe if the fans are forgiving enough recreate himself like you said last episode and and put out a whole new sound a whole new concept right it's far more of a gamble to be a quiz kid. And I'd say not just in terms of having like your 15 minutes of fame, but in terms of your life 
may never be the same once that ends. Mm. You know, you go from being, I think you said a, a crumpet factory worker for, for that episode. You go from being a crumpet factory worker to having a, we'll be generous and say a week's run on Quiz Kid. And then, right. and then what do you do? You go home with, with 10 grand and. Right. Your life, you can't ever go back to your old life and you can't keep your new life. Right. I mean, you could, but you'll never be satisfied. You'll never be happy just folding crumpets for the rest of your life. Yes, you do have to fold them, Nick. That is how that works. You do. And then mm-hmm. and then the next person irons them to get those creases iron out. Them. Yeah, that's yeah. how it works. It's an ironed crumpet. Yeah, you've never mm-hmm. heard ironed crumpet before? I Iron crumpet is a kung fu movie. <laughs> I was going to say it was it was the I don't if I knew enough, I would I would reference the iron curtain, but I don't know what the iron curtain is, so it's a very bad crumpet. <laughs> yes. So then we have clear your throat and pray for rain to irrigate the corridors that echo in your brain, filled with empty nothingness, empty hunger, pain. So it seems like, I think we've talked about this before, but the idea that we have someone who has achieved stardom mm-hmm. and now has to maintain that stardom. Right. Because that's the only thing that they know how to do. Mm-hmm. And yet are filled with dissatisfaction because every human being experiences suffering and dissatisfaction. Right. I'd say it's it's less of a painful transition for someone like Ray Lamas, who I believe is like in his 50s. But for Ian, who since he was 18 has only known Jethro Tull, has only known rock and roll being the lead flautist of a rock and roll band, he he genuinely does not know anything else. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's also the contrast, you know, for you or I, who lead relatively humble, simple lives, having a sense of dissatisfaction, we can chalk it up to not making enough money or you know, not being satisfied with our house not being good enough. But someone who lives on a cross of platinum and has wow. a gold piace mm. to feel that dissatisfaction, that must be really frustrating because they're like, well, I bought the freaking gold watch. Right. My house is perfect. Yeah. And I'm still not happy. I'm on the front page of the newspaper and I'm not happy. Yeah. WTF, mate. It is the money cannot buy happiness. I think enough money could buy happiness. Just enough. Not too much. I think there's that fine line. Apparently, they've actually done studies that show that up to $100,000 a year, money can absolutely buy happiness. I would be very happy with that. I'm not, and it, <laughs> let's just and put it out there right now. That, <laughs> if you go past that, there's no additional gain in happiness. Yeah. Like Once you're at $100,000, you are as that is as happy as money can make you. And beyond that, it's just more money. That's I'm so glad that that has been substantiated. Yeah, the old money can't buy happiness is is a thing that rich people made up to tell the working class to keep them down. Yeah, absolutely. It is beautiful, beautiful capitalism. Wonderful. Mm. Awesome. Yep, love it so much. Thumbs up from me. <laughs> Thumbs right up the capitalism. Right up capitalism. It is a journey of trying to attain and maintain that that stardom, that fame, and, and doing what you need to do. I think that that really is it. I think we've got it. And I just want to 
to sort of as the proof or as the thesis, zoom in on one little line here to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Be the man that you know you really are or be the man that you think you really are. Yeah, each chorus, he repeats that. The first time he says that you think you really are and then he says that you know you really are. that speaks to hmm, the addiction to fame that some people get you mm. know when you first get that first hit of fame yeah and you're like oh my god this is confirming to me everything that i've ever believed about myself <laughs> but of course but of course yeah. the feeling yeah. wanes you know it goes away sometimes it goes away right but the but the thought remains the thought of of the, that that's what i deserve i'm this good so i deserve i deserve better yeah right that's who i really am and so then i think you're you know for some people they're constantly chasing the fame dragon yeah ride the fame dragon very common phrase yeah ride fall off try to get back on try to get back on get burnt yep cuz it's a it's a dragon it's a dragon and it will burn you unless it's a green dragon and then it's acid breath that is from the other podcast. Which which podcast, Dylan? Random Encounters. Hey, you remembered. I did. That means a lot to me. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Anything else for crazy institutions? I'm going to learn how to fly. <laughs> I'm going to learn how to fly. <laughs> I was honestly, I was expecting that far earlier. Um, you put me I off my. <laughs> People will see me and cry. I was expecting it earlier. You you passed the moment, so I thought I was clear. I thought we were nope. safe. <laughs> You're never safe. Just when you think it's safe to make oblique references that may pertain to popular songs. Silly me. I feel like it's been a while since you've broken into random songs, so. I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> because it's been 20 minutes. <laughs> Nick, anything else to say on Crazed Institution? That's it for me. That's that's crazed institution for me. I'm I'm good with it. I think we tackled it all. It's great. Great song, wonderful structure, lovely lovely texture, soft buttery mouth feel. <laughs> Nick, what are we listening to next week? Next week, we are going to listen to track three off of Too Old to Rock and Roll. It's okay. Salamander. <gasps> what is Salamander doing on this album? Good question. We have some things to say about this. Good question. 
So this came out in 76. Also in 76 came out Tull's first best of album. Six years of Tull, they can put out a best of album. It's amazing. It was MU-The Best of Jethro Tull, released in 76. It is, the MU stands for Musicians Union, which is a probable reference to the various musicians that have been a part of these songs over the years. Wow. Yep. That's fantastic. It was Teacher, Aqualung, Thick as a Brick, edit number one. So it's the first three minutes of Thick. Sure. Bungle in the Jungle, Locomotive Breath, Fat Man, Living in the Past, Passion Play, edit number eight, hmm. which is the Overseer Overture, which is about 11 minutes into Passion Play Part 2. Wow. Skating Away on the Thin Ice of the New Day, Rainbow Blues, which is, this is the first time Rainbow Blues has been offered on a, a full album. Right. And then Nothing is Easy. Fantastic. What a great album. Yeah. I mean, it is their best of from those six years, six, seven years. So it fits. It works. It's great. Yeah. Thank you for that tidbit, Nick. Mm-hmm. Until next week, you can think of the best of Talk Tall to Me and translate those fond memories into a five-star review. This is the best of what we have to offer. <laughs> So sad. And we feel <laughs> and we feel that it is worth five stars on Apple Podcasts or any other place. We're going to roll the dice Ooh. that you're going to give us a five-star rating and not flush us down into the toilet of obscurity. Don't pull that bog handle. This is two years worth of a gamble. Until we're out. Until we're yes. out of the bog. We've been sitting yeah. on this can for two years. We're not going <laughs> to flush now. Stay, staying strong. That was... Visceral, evocative. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Until then, I am Omen Sade. And I am Nick McGill. McGill, 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 McGill. Is that the echo down the bog? We are feckless moms. <laughs> and this is Talk Tall to Me. To me, to me, to me, to me, to me. <laughs> Sure, it's cold today. I really, really hope they show soon. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been waiting here for like three hours. I finished my coffee two hours ago. What's your deadline on this? Uh yesterday. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> Can't oh, believe it. Is that? Oh, oh my god! Oh my gosh! There they are. Yeah, um, Mr. Anderson. Me, Mr. Me, Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Do you, uh, do you have a favorite song? Mm, mm, mm. What? No, what oh. kind of, what kind of flute did you play when you were a child? Mm, mm. How, how, how do you feel about salmon today? I know you have the farm before. How do, salmon today? How do you feel? Uh, no comments. No comments. Well, well, um, Jenny Franks. I know it's a tough subject from like forty years ago. How do you feel um, about her now? Mr. Anderson, right over here. Uh, is is the new album going to be even less popular than your current one? Just, just wanted to ask that. Uh, uh, just to piggyback off of that, Mr. Anderson, uh, yeah, any Mr. more Anderson. sequels that we have to be disappointed about? Yeah. Oh, and Mr. Anderson, one final thing. Mr. Anderson, before you go, is Talk Tall to me a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network? I got a picture of him with his, his hand close to his crotch. Maybe oh. I can make something of that. Yeah, maybe just zoom out. Yeah. I don't know.